0: You know, we uh, saw the four horses. The first one, of course, was the Lord Jesus Christ going forth conquering and to conquer. And the first four seals were all about the horses. The four horses. The one who took peace from the earth, the one who brought poverty to the earth, and then the one pale horse with death on it. Now tonight we're going to look at the 5th uh, and 6th seal. And the last seals won't be opened until chapter 8. But you remember this. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the one opening these seals. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has all the power. He's opening all these seals. He's open, He's the one that's got the book in his hand. He's the way every one of these seals that open, Christ is opening it. So that shows us that Christ has the power over everything that he's doing. And that these are pictures, these are symbols of things that represent something else. And never forget that. And so he's controlling all things and we saw about the horses that everything that was given to them. You know, they had nothing of their own, only what was given to them. And tonight we're going to look at, like I said, the fifth and sixth seal. And the fifth seal is verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest, yet for a little season, until though fellow servants also and their brethren, that they should be killed as they were, should be filled. And I beheld, and when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell under the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is all rolled up together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bond and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand so the first the fifth seal when it's opened, the first thing he saw was he saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain they were slain. They were martyrs, and these martyrs had a cry. These martyrs wanted God to do something, and He saw under the soul, under the altar, the souls of them that were that were slaughtered. Remember, these are symbols. There was really no altar there, but in Leviticus four and in Exodus it tells us that when they had the blood and offered the blood on the brazen altar they took the blood which the blood Leviticus 17 11 tells us this that God the life of the flesh is in the blood and it's the blood that maketh atonement for the soul he said I've given the blood for the soul it's the soul God saves the soul we're living we're living souls inhabiting dying bodies that's what we are And so he saw the souls of these people that were slaughtered under the altar. And when they would offer the sacrifices, they'd catch the blood. And then they'd pour the blood underneath the altar. They'd pour it out under the altar. And so that's the symbol that it's representing here. Their blood is poured out before God. Their blood is that they've been sacrificed and slaughtered by men and he saw that their souls was you know under this altar and you know the only thing that somebody can do and our Lord said this he said don't fear them that can f- kill the body but fear him who can destroy the soul and I tell you all we've got to lose is the body but oh my persecutor all they can do is kill the body they cannot hurt the soul and why did these who were suffering, why did these who were martyred, why were they slain? Look what it says. That they were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Why did they suffer? For the word of God. They believed God. They believed his word. That word was more precious to them than anything in this world. was the word of God. They know that God gave it to them. They know that God taught it to them. They know that it was the Word of God itself. It wasn't words about God. It's not words revealing God. It is the Word of God itself. And they said they were slain for the Word of God. That Word of God was so precious to them and so powerful to them and worked effectually in them that they said I would rather die as to deny God's Word. And I tell you, if you ever read Fox's book of martyrs, I mean they slaughtered Christians by the thousands, by the thousands. But let me show you something, first of all over here in in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13 about the word of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Oh, they didn't, it wasn't the word of men. If it wasn't the word of men, I've i told you about Polycarp. He was a he was a disciple of John. John here, who God sent all these visions. He was he was he knew John, and they took him to kill him one time. And he was in his nineties, just like John was. And they took him to kill him, and he said, "If you'll deny." King Jesus, you deny your profession of faith and said, We'll spare you. He said, After he has been faithful to me all my life, you think I would be unfaithful to him in my dying hour? Mm-hmm. So they killed him. But he said, What? And that's what John was on here for. But let show you. Look what he said here in verse 13. First Thessalonians 2 13. For this cause Also, thank we God, without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, and now listen to this, which effectually worketh in you that believe. I mean, it gets the job done. (laughs) And it did the job for these people. They were slain for the Word of God. And then it says over here again, not only were they slain for the Word of God, but for the testimony that they held. What was the testimony that they held? It was the testimony that the Lord Jesus Christ and their salvation was entirely by Him. We didn't save ourselves. We can't keep ourselves saved. And I would rather lose my life as lose my soul. And I, and I believe that Jesus Christ is all. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. Washed me from my sin. Died for my sin. Rose again for my justification. And sits in God's right hand for me right now with all power and authority. You may take my life, but God will avenge you one of these days for what you do. I mean, they believe Christ. Look what he said here in Revelations one nine. Look what John himself said. Oh my! Paul said, "I believed, therefore have I spoken." Whatever you believe, that's what's coming out of your mouth. If you are free will, or free will's coming out of your mouth. If you believe grace, grace coming out of your mouth. If salvation of the Lord, salvation of the Lord's coming out of your mouth. If you're saved and everything you've got is by Christ, that's coming out of your mouth. But what's in that heart, that's what's coming out. God put in our hearts so deep, stamp our hearts so deep with his blessed word that he, David said it like this, I've hid thy word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And we'll read about that over here in Revelations a little bit here about that book. But look what John said here in First Chapter One, Verse Nine: "I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the Isle that is called Patmos." Now, what are you doing there, John, for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ? <laughs> Oh, oh my. There was their confession of faith. Their confession of faith in Christ. Salvation by Him. Oh, my. Could we ever deny Him? Oh. And then look what John heard now when he saw those souls that were slain for the Word of God and for the testimony they held. And these souls under that altar. They cried with a loud voice. And they were saying, and listen to this, look how they describe God. They cried with a loud voice, saying, How long? And the first word out of their mouth is, Oh Lord. These are people in glory. These are people that's died for the cause of Christ. And they said, Oh Lord, you're Lord. You're sovereign. You've got all power in heaven and earth. Then he said, You're holy. You're holy. You're a holy God. Holy in three persons. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God. And then look what else how they describe. Oh Lord, how long? Holy and true. You're Lord, you're holy, and you're true. Uh, they cry to Him as He is. He read that 51st Psalm tonight. And God said, you know, this thief comes along and he takes something. And he goes off and he slanders his brother. That'd be like me slandering my brothers in Christ. To go around slandering them and gossiping them and saying bad things about them. And he said, just because you thought I didn't say nothing to you about it. Because I never rebuked you for it. I let you get by with it. He said, "I tell you what conclusion you come to. You thought I was like yourself, and that's what men come to. They come to the conclusion because God lets them get by with some. God, if I listen, if if this is wrong, strike me down. The very fact that you got to say that tells you wrong. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that's what that's what they think. But these people, they know God as He is." They start out describing God and talking to God, and their voices crying out for vengeance. Their voices like Cain when Cain slew his brother. God said, "Thy voice, of thy brother's blood cries out to me." And these people's blood was crying out to God. And oh, listen! They cried to Him as He is. They it they was this is the true God. And they never resisted unto blood. They sacrificed themselves for God's truth, for God's testimony. And they didn't seek vengeance. No, no, they didn't seek vengeance. They left it up to Him. They said, Lord, how long before You, You judge and You avenge our blood on the earth? Huh? Oh, listen, vengeance belongs unto God. Let people do it. I learned, this, I learned this early on, early on, early on, as, a, as a, even as a young man. If anybody wrongs you in any way, never, never, never defend yourself. If you ain't got brothers and sisters and people that know you, that'll stand up for you, it won't do no good for you to defend yourself. Just take whatever's wrong and keep your mouth shut. And say, Lord, you do it. You deal with them. You deal with them. And believe me, in his time, he will. You know, one thing that blesses my heart is no matter what anybody's doing, there's nobody getting by with nothing. Huh? Nobody's getting by with nothing. And all of these bloods cried out to God. And all he said, how long dost thou judge, not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? These are people that divide the, defy the one true and living God. I mean they burned people at the stake one after another. They would put people on the racks. And that rack is a, they stretch them out like this here and tie them down. And they had a big wheel and this fellow just keep turning that wheel. And as they turn that wheel, your arms start falling out of socket. And your legs start coming out of socket. And they keep pulling until your arms come completely off and your legs come completely off. And they said, they're doing God a service. He's getting rid of all these people. Uh Oh, to defy the true and living God. To challenge Him by persecuting His people. And yet God said that you offend one of these little ones for whom I died. It would be better for him to have a millstone thrown around his neck and thrown into the depths of the sea. He said, that will be easier for him than what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. and oh my God in righteousness will avenge his people and he said oh avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth oh dust flesh earth dwellers take it upon themselves to defy God almighty uh uh-huh. The first thing you do when you start preaching God as He is and reveal Him as He is, the first thing people say, Oh, who, who are thou? Who in the world do you think you are? And Paul said, Who are you to reply against God? Setting judgment on God? To say what you think God could do or should do or not do? to set in judgment on God and say you can do this, you can do that and you can do something else but don't do this and you can't do that well these people's blood they come up before the throne come up before God Christ opened this and he said listen to the cries of these people thousands upon thousands upon millions of them there the first martyr was able to And you know what he was martyred for? Slain by his brother? Because he believed in blood sacrifice. He believed in a lamb. He believed he was a sinner. And he was accepted of God. And God declared him righteous. And Cain wanted to come with the works of his hands. And Cain didn't like the way God done things. And God avenged Abel's blood on Cain. I tell you, God's going to avenge the blood of all ages, all the blood of His people of all the ages one of these days. You know, over in Luke 18, I won't have you look there, but you remember that old unjust judge. That woman just kept aggravating him till he said, finally, well, I'll do what you want. And our Lord said, hear what this unjust saith." He said, shall not God avenge His elect? Who cry unto him day and night. Oh, he's going to avenge them. And oh, what was, look what happened to him here now in verse 11. Oh, my. And white robe forgiven unto every one of them. We're putting these people out of business, and they get up there. God gives them a white robe, (laughs) and give it to every single one of them. Oh, listen, John didn't get a prettier white robe than the rest of them did. There's ever John, all the smarters, no matter who it was. Paul was slain for Christ. Peter was slain for Christ. James was slain in Acts chapter five. So many people were slain. But when they get there, the Scripture said He gave them a white robe to every one of them. (laughs) Oh my, white robes, righteousness, holiness, victory, glorious wedding garment, joy and rejoicing. And look what God said to them here. said now, And it was said unto them that they should rest for a little season rest just rest they were assured that their prayers would be answered he said rest for a little season huh? they were assured their prayers are going to be answered look in Revelations 14 and verse 13 for a moment here look here and see what it says over here about rest oh my And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write. John, I want this what I want you to write down. Blessed are the dead, which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. <laughs> God said over here, said the Lord said back here in Revelation 6, said, Now rest, rest for a little season. And rest until this, until your fellow servants also, and their brethren, now listen to this, that they should be killed, that should be killed. There's a lot more people yet going to be killed, that they should be killed as they were, when that's all done, should be fulfilled. He said, you rest till that's done. Uh huh and that's what he's saying. You rest for a little season till all of God's elect and the number of the martyrs is full. That was fixed by God's decrees. And the next thing that happens is judgment. God does come to avenge. Look at the sixth seal. And I behold, and I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black, as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Stars of heaven fell under earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs, when she shaken of a mighty wind. The heaven departed as a scroll when it swole together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Now this is the final judgment. You know, I told you at the outset that you had Christ coming then you had the gospel on the earth you had the suffering and the persecution and then Christ comes in judgment and we're going to go through the same thing again Christ comes we live on the earth great persecution and then Christ comes again in judgment and that just over and over and over is what we see, the same thing over and over the gospel being preached and the fruits of the gospel now here's the final judgment Here's the final judgment. And when this seal is opened, we see the dread, we see the terror of the great final day. Christ is coming now. Judgment's coming. And all the saints are in glory. And here we have a twofold symbol. Twofold symbol. First of all, you see the earth crashing, falling all to pieces. The universe and everything about it just comes falling down. The second thing is the human race and all my is terrified, and judgments come upon them. And this is the only thing that will terrify the wicked. You know, in Revelations 13 and 8, let's look at that a minute, 13, 18. Let's look here at Revelations 13, 18. Let me look at this before I get started. Talking about six, the sixth seal the sixth seal and you know here it says here is wisdom let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and the number six hundred three score and six so when we have this sixth seal open six is the number of man man was created on the sixth day and so when you talk about the beast he's a man that's all he is he's a man and here is man. He's created on the sixth day. And I will show you this, this way. When we go down through here, we'll see six objects about creation described. Six objects about creation described. And then you have six types of men that judgment comes upon. And so let's start at the first one. First of all, there in verse... 12 it says and I beheld when he opened the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake a great earthquake you know our Lord said you know when the signs of his coming was that there would be earthquakes great earthquakes and this time in the judgment there's a great earthquake the earth rising and crawling and bumping and turning and just rising and falling and big gaps coming in and all, the earth is just cracking all over the place And that shows you God's power and anger. That earthquake just comes and it's all over the whole earth. No matter where you go, it's going to be an earthquake. Now we're not going to be here. You know, I'll tell you when this judgment comes. And then look what else he says now. And the sun becomes black as sackcloth. The sun's going to be blotted out. That's what he's talking about. You remember when our Lord Jesus Christ was on the cross? The sun refused to shine. It turned black, dark during that time. Well, I tell you, will sun be blotted out? God will say, I'm going to blot out the sun. I'm going to make it dark. I'm going to make. They love darkness. They delight in darkness. I'm going to make it dark for them. And He'll blot out the sun. And then the moon turns to blood. And that means the blue blue moon comes turns to the color of blood. It turns red looking. And they look up to the moon. And it's, there's a the sun. There's no sun. And the, they look up at the moon at night. And it just looks like the color of blood. It's red. Oh my. And I tell you. Things that were constant. Things that were fixed. Things that men find comfort in. I find comfort in getting up in the morning. And seeing that sun shining going out and sitting on the porch having a cup of coffee, seeing that sun, that warm sun shining on you and warming you up. Love it. But I tell you what, things that men are constant and fixed and find great comfort in, it stops just like that. We have here what we have as a symbol. Symbolic of, of of the picture of the terror of the judgment day, and it will be terrible. And look what else it says there. Now, see, we've seen an earthquake, the sun and the moon. That's three things already. Look here at the fourth thing, and the stars of heaven fell under the earth. God's gonna shake the stars out of their courses. You know, now they tell me I, I I'm no astrologer. Don't know anything about it. But they say the stars that you're looking at don't even exist anymore. That they've already burned out, and the light just hasn't got gone out yet because light travels so You know, has so far to travel. But I know this: when God says the stars fall out of heaven, He gonna make the stars themselves. And you know, they're stars bigger than the Earth. But He gonna cause them stars start falling. Huh? huh. Gonna start them. You know, people gonna look around. Stars just going down. Huh? These are just symbolic. But I mean this show show us that the heavens are going to be shaken. The earth is going to be shaken. Everything's going to be out of course. People are going to, oh my. And whatever this means, this this stresses the terror, the terror of that day. Look over here and, and, and I think it's 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Let me show you something over here. Look what it says here. We're talking about this day. This day of judgment. You look what he says here, Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. What it means is, is that they are not going to expect it. They are not looking for it. They are not planning for it. In which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Earthquakes stars falling the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. Well, that's what God's doing here. Uh-huh. Now back over here in Revelation 6, look what he else he says. The stars fall from heaven, fall under the earth, even as a fig tree casts her untimely figs when she's shaken of a mighty wind. It's just showing us the terror that men's going to go through. It's going to be awful. And then look what else it says now. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled up. He said he's going to just roll up the heavens like rolling up a scroll. Just going to roll it up. huh? Just going to roll it up. And, and you know, I'm going to show you a place where that's in the Old Testament. Isaiah 34. This, is, this has been mentioned before. Isaiah 34. And you know, here's the thing. (laughs) This is judgment on the earth and the wicked men on the earth. We're not going... Our judgment's already passed. Our judgment's done. Our judgment's done. But look what he said here in Isaiah 34 and verse 4. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved. And the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. And all their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falleth from off the vine. As a falling fig from the fig tree. Ah, that's what God says. He's going to roll it up like a scroll. He's just going to, he's going to take the heavens and just roll them up like a scroll. Over in Hebrews it says, you know, he said, He said, Lord, said, you've laid the foundation of the earth and the works therein. He said, you've done it. But she said, you know what you're going to do? He said, you're going to take the foundation. You're going to take all the works of this world. And you're going to take it like it's an old garment. An old garment, an old rotten garment. You're going to fold it up. And you're going to put it away. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. That's what he's going to do. He's going to fold this thing up like it's an old used garment. An old rotten garment and put it away. And put it away. And i will be a new heaven, a new earth. Now look what he said now. Heaven will be rolled up as a piece of a, of a scroll. And listen to this now. Here's the sixth thing about this creation. And every mountain and every island will be moved out of their places. Why will they be moved out of their places? Because of the earthquake. Now, nothing's going to be where it's supposed to be. Everything's going to be out of counter. Men are going to be looking everywhere. How's all this happening? What's going on here? Uh-huh. Oh, the world is falling to pieces is what it's telling us here. The world is falling to pieces. I, I feel like it's falling to pieces right in front, of my, in front of my very eyes. I feel like the world's falling all to pieces right in front of my eyes. I feel like the world's going to hell. Now, I mean, it's, right off. It's, like, it's like something going down a mountain. I used to get, them when I was a boy in North Carolina, we'd get up on a mountain, we'd get a big rock. And we'd get a big rock, and we'd set that thing up, and we'd turn that rock loose, and it goes whoa. It'd just go flying, <laughs> like that. You know. It'd go rolling down that mountain. And we hope it wouldn't hit nobody's house or nothing, but it'd go way down there, Doing all kinds of things like that but I feel like the world's falling to pieces right in front of our very eyes. But the scriptures tells us houses will crumble. Be no sun. Everything's out of place. And when the world says everything's out of place, and what a picture of dread. What a picture of despair. What confusion, what misery awaits the wicked. So six things about creation. Now look at the six classes of men upon whom judgment's going to come. Look at these six classes of men. First of all, he says, "We moved out and the kings of the earth." That's the first one he mentions. Kings of the earth, they're sitting on the thrones, got on the royal purple robes, they got their crowns on their head. But oh my, it don't make no difference to God. These are the dictators, the kings, supreme leaders, rulers of the earth. He said, oh, judgment's coming on them. And then look what he said. And then secondly, he says, the great men. The princes. People next in authority. Men with great great titles. Got great titles. People love their titles. And oh, he said, judgment's coming on them. And then look here and he just goes right on down. the lake. And the rich men. And the rich men. There's men that could come. There's men that's so wealthy. Billions of dollars. And there's and something that people do. People who are rich seem to think that they've got because of their wealth. They've got the right to tell the rest of us what we ought to do. But right there tells me what I'm going to do. Huh? they can have all their wealth and I heard Henry say one time when all the money they've got won't be worth toilet paper when God gets done with them. It'll be worthless as toilet paper. And I tell you here he calls a rich man. Oh they buy and they sell and they brag about how they got their wealth and they're trying to influence people. They got money and tell you how to make money. They got people of power and influence. Then he goes on to say here, Chief Captains, these are military leaders. These are the generals. These are the powerful people. These are generals. These are despots. These are people that if the rumor ain't good, they'll come in and take over. These are the generals. These are the fellows when you see them. We we was in a restaurant one time up in Norfolk, Virginia and there was a table sitting there about seven or eight men sitting there navy men and marines and them fellas I'm telling you they were somebody they had on these these beautiful uniforms and they had bra- they had braids golden braids all the way up their arms and Go big things on their, you know, big old salad bars on their things, you know, and epaulets on, and oh my goodness, they, they, I mean, I was impressed. <laughs> I really was. And I were here, you know, when I got out of the Marine Corps, they took a stripe away from me. I got out and minus one stripe because <laughs> I didn't like the way they talked to me. <laughs> I was, I was a smart aleck I really was and I, I, you know you didn't even let other, I wouldn't even let them big shots talk to me like that so I said well if you don't like it just give me that taking more money away from you go ahead go ahead I'm getting out but anyway these chief captains these military leaders I'll tell you another story the day I was leaving the Marine Corps, I was leaving the Philadelphia Naval Hospital the day that I was being sent home. I had everything that I owned walking out of there. And I went in and gave them my papers and, and the door is right there and I started out the door. This lieutenant come in. This lieutenant, Goldbar. They have a Goldbar lieutenant and silver bar lieutenant the first gold bar is a fella just got his he's the the lowest uh, officer they are lowest on the totem pole he seen me leaving and my sideburns wasn't very long you know but he called me to attention and he said Marine what are you doing Said, I'm getting out sir they're letting me go I'm going home he said, you're not going home until them sideburns are cut off. And I had to go in the restroom and cut off my sideburns. And he watched me when I come out of there. He said, you can go. Now that's the kind of fellow's going to face judgment. He had the power to make me do what he wanted to do. And one of these days, God's got the power to make them all do what he wants to do. And wants them to do. They're all chief captains. All these big shots you know. They got all that. And then look what he goes on to say about this. He said in mighty men mighty men you know you find scriptures in the people in the Bible they describe them as mighty men when you talk about giants in the earth in Revelation in Genesis the giants means that they were mighty men they weren't 10-12 feet tall they were just giants in the land they were mighty men in the land they were men of giant intellect and mighty power and influence and, and ruled over people and these were mighty men, strong men. They call them experts. huh? They influence all. Everybody's an expert. And then look what else they said now about these. Here's the last ones. Bond men and free men. A bond man is somebody who's still yet a slave. He's in bondage to somebody else. Whether you're a slave to somebody or whether you're a man, that's free. And these are the lowest classes here. These are down to the lowest classes. But God starts at the top, kings, comes all the way down to the slaves, and He said judgments on all of you. Huh? That's that, what He said, now look what happens to them. And all of these men, these seven classes of men, these seven classes of people, they they said they hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks and in the mountains. In Isaiah chapter two you find over there you find people going hiding in caves, throwing their silver and gold to bats and everything, everything, because the world, as far as they was concerned, was coming to an end. And they hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they talked to the mountains. And they said mountains and rocks. Look it's capitalized there. Fall on us. Fall on us. Just come on. Fall on us. Fall on us. Why do you want us to fall on you? Hide us. Hide us from the face of that one sitting on his throne. And that lamb that's sitting there, he's angry. You know the lamb. You know Christ is called the lamb of God. You don't find an angry lamb. But here he said hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. I mean oh, that, wrath, that man that one sitting on the throne hide us from his wrath. He said his wrath is so fierce his wrath is so powerful his wrath is so mighty oh let us face anything but that wrath. And look what it says. For the great day of his wrath is come and who in the world shall be able to stand. Uh-huh. You know who will be able to stand? All in Christ. Uh-huh. All in Christ. What a judgment it's going to be. What an awful day it's going to be. I'm certainly thankful my judgment's done been. I've done been judged. Done been acquitted. Done face the judge. The judge said, go free. Go free. Well...